dangling my feet. I tried to pay attention, but attention paid me. Haters can't see me, nosebleed seats, and today I went shopping, and talk is still cheap. What's up and how we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Don't wait up, Fiori. And as always, my co-host, the man so cool, one name wasn't enough, Liam, the insider, Mufasa McCarran. This is episode number 38. Uh, we are here getting ready to talk all football today. Um, we have two Pats games uh, we're going to hit on, obviously, last night's game versus the Rams and last week's versus the Chargers. We haven't really been able to uh, record as frequently uh, lately because of um, finals, definitely finals. Liam's had some stuff going on. Um, yeah, I got I got COVID. Yeah, um, Liam definitely has COVID, so he's been cooped up with that, feeling like shit a couple days, but um, we're able to get on today. So two Pats games we're going to be talking about, uh, current playoff picture. Um, that's really it. Um, all We were just talking about it before. We started. There's really nothing else. Liam said it perfectly. The Red Sox are not making moves. We were anticipating to be talking some socks with you, um, but nope, there has been nothing worth uh, talking about. Bruins and Celtics will start in a couple of weeks, so no sense talking about them just yet. Uh, so it's strictly uh, Patriots today. So first off, um, last week they played the L.A. Chargers and routed them. Um, 45 to nothing was the final. And I think you saw that the, the best coach in the league took on the worst coach in the league. Uh, I really think that's really all this game came down to chargers, not a bad team on paper, uh, but their coach, Anthony Lynn uh, repeatedly every week, their defense just stinks, stinks up the place. And uh, special teams played into this game as well. Patriots, uh, blocking a field goal as ha- the halftime expired and they returned it for a touchdown. Those are just things that cannot happen uh, for the Chargers. Definitely a few years away from being a contender. They have the pieces, but they need to they need to uh, beef up that defense, get a better scheme going on there. Um, definitely a game, before I hand it over to you, definitely a game where it's like, okay, the Patriots, like, they got they got hit by COVID earlier on, earlier on the year, and now everything's back to normal. They look like a decent enough team that can make a push for the playoffs. And then obviously we're gonna get to it in a bit. Last night's game, you definitely definitely thought it'd be at least a closer fight, but uh, just kind of reset where we all thought the Patriots were a month or so ago after Cam Newton gets COVID and you're losing to the Broncos, stuff like that. So uh, quickly, um, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this game, then majority on the Rams. Liam, what was your, what was your takes? Uh, what were your takes on this game? Um, yeah, no, I thought the Chargers game, we looked phenomenal. Uh, it was like the Patriots like last year when we were just bullying teams, being better than them on every aspect of football, bull- no offense, defense, special teams. I thought we had the game one from before the first snap. Um, we looked unbelievable. It was an unbelievable game. Our defense looked sharp. Um, and it, yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. It was the perfect combination of the best coach in the NFL versus the worst coach in the NFL. I mean, the Chargers have the pieces. They got the quarterback, as much as I hate to say it. Justin Herbert is the future of that team. Um, they got the... 
really they got the running back in Eckler and they got the wide receiver in Allen and their defense isn't necessarily like terrible. I think it's just poorly coached. It's yes, exactly. It's I think I think they have the I think you're dead on. I think they have the pieces. I think they need to get rid of Lynn and I think they need to move on. I think there's I especially I know the the name floating around this offseason is uh the Chiefs offensive coordinator is gonna be up for a ton of jobs. I say, you know, try to bring him in. And I think I think it's just clear that Anthony Lynn is not competent enough to be a head coach of a football team, which I mean, it, it's not like there's nothing against him. I mean, that's a, it's a tough thing to do to be a consistently good head coach of a football team. Only a handful of guys in the NFL have proven that they're like year in and year out. Like, yep, they're the guy. You know, Belichick, Reed, um, blanking on uh, Pete Carroll. Like, there's a few guys that just have that level. Anthony Lynn doesn't. Uh, Matt Patricia doesn't, as we just saw. So, mm. I think I think this Chargers team is definitely building towards something. I think they just got the wrong man steering the ship. And looking at the Pats, I mean, Cam Cameron didn't even throw for seventy yards, and we won by forty five. <laughs> like, I mean, th- these are the games that these are the glimpses of what this team could be week in and week out if we we're just running competently. Like uh, luckily enough, we go up against a head coach who barely knows how to tie his own shoes, but you, we don't get that every week. And we saw it uh, yeah, last night as the Rams just did whatever they want to us. And I want to make this clear. I mean, the Rams, there's a huge gap between the Rams and the Chargers. Yeah. In that way. Oh yeah. The, the Rams are serious NFC title contenders and the Chargers should just, I think just call it quits and try to get another high draft pick. Yeah. But, I mean, that's my takeaway. I think I, I thought we looked phenomenal on both sides of the ball. Another thing on the Chargers, I mean, you, you're getting, you're, you're getting routed and it's the first half you're up 21, nothing or the, you're losing 21, nothing. If you're the Chargers and you kick a field goal, as time expires. Why not just like take a classic, heave? Classic Anthony Lynn move. Just take a heave. Just throw one of the end zone. If you don't get it, whatever. I mean, it's it's a three-point difference in a 21-point game. Then that makes a 28-0, and that really ends, ends, ends your night there. But, I mean, it's just stupid. It's a stupid, stupid uh, coaching decision there. Um, you, if, you, if you go back to the week prior when they played Buffalo, they, they, they had every opportunity to win that game, and yet just the play calling, the – the what's this time was expiring they were down like nine so it didn't even matter but they have herbert do a qb sneak on like the three yard line instead of trying to run a play like it just it's wild incompetence at the head coaching position position for the chargers it's it's sad to see and i hope he's i hope he's out because their time frame is well like next year and then three more years they they have a short time frame that need, they need to capitalize on all their pieces yeah i mean other than adam gase i don't even really classify him as a as a head coach anymore because i think that the <laughs> jets are just kind of keeping him around to lose games so they can get trevor lawrence but after after adam gase i mean it's it's got to be lynn as the worst worst coach worst coach in the league i mean you said it their defense is not not terrible at all. I mean, Kenneth Murray, the guy they drafted first round this year, he was flying around all over the place. Fun Joey, fact, on, fun Joey fact on him. Joey Bosa's like the beast. Yeah, all yeah, year. oh yeah. 
Kenneth Murray was the guy we traded away. We had that pick, and the Chargers uh, traded with us, and they took him, and now he's a monster. He was flying around the field everywhere. Uh, they have some other other uh, big pieces. Derwin James, I mean, he's not healthy this year, but he'll be back next year. They have some good corners. Chris Harris, I mean, there's there are definitely names on that defense, but they uh, consistently just give up these 30, 35, plus point games and lose because of it. And their offense is out there really. I mean, besides this Patriots game, their offense was high flying. I mean, this was one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. So, I mean, I definitely can see the chargers um, being in the hunt next year with a better coach, better system. Um, They won't, I don't think they're going to be like a serious threat, but I think they can definitely be in the hunt. So we turn our page to last night's game versus the Rams. Like I said, a game where the Patriots, um, I definitely thought would have put up a fight. I definitely thought it was going to be a close game just because it was the the, the matchup, the feel of it, prime time, Belichick versus McVay, two great coaches in this league, two coaches that have some respect for each other. Obviously, that Super Bowl a couple of years ago, um, I thought it'd be a close game, definitely low scoring close game. But um, one thing I didn't really realize until after was that the Rams are a nightmare for the Patriots on paper. Uh, their D-line uh, is just so great with Donald and Brockers and Leonard Floyd, all those guys. Uh, probably the best best part of their team is their defensive line, uh, their ability to uh, create a threat to the quarterback and stop the run. So, I mean, I didn't really take that into account because, I mean, that's really all the Patriots have right now is, is Cam Newton uh, running – with his option plays, his read option, and Damian Harris running the ball. That's really it. That's all the Patriots have going for them. I mean, you see it t- week in, week out. Cam Newton, really, they just don't want him throwing the ball um, unless the only reason why the Patriots will throw downfield is if a man is wide open. And that's what you saw last night. I mean, Demir Bird caught one wide open downfield. Jacoby Myers caught one wide open downfield. Other than that, it's just little stick routes, uh, dump offs to running backs. That's really all their uh, passing attack comes with. Um, and the Rams, the Rams came out on offense. Um, I mean, you got to admire it. I mean, their their whole thing was to just take away the ball from, from the Patriots. Just do kind of mirror what the Patriots do. I think that could oppose as a great threat in the playoffs for the Rams. Um, their ability to run. I mean, Cam Akers last night, a breakout game. Started them in fantasy playoffs. Kind of Kind of clutch. 180-something yards. Um, Big. Yeah, I mean, that guy ran all over. He averaged like six a carry. That whole first quarter, he was just ripping off huge runs, 10-yard runs consistently. Um, But, yeah, the Rams just took the ball away from the Patriots, kind of controlled the tempo of the game, and didn't really make mistakes. Um, They're very small. I want to call it small ball on offense with those two receivers that they have. No really deep threat with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh, they they like keeping it sh- short and small and kind of just uh, win with their defense, just like the Patriots. So, and like you said, the Rams are a far better team on paper, um, just all over the place, um, offense, defense, everything. So I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Sean McVay is a great coach. Um, not many coaches do that. Um, adjust their systems on a week-in, week-out basis. A lot of coaches in this day and age will kind of just roll their 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 system out week-in, week-out and just uh, see how it goes. So, I mean, Sean McVay, I'm giving him 
probably the first credit to this game. Then I'll give Cam Akers credit to this Rams win. But Sean McVay came out to play. You, you definitely saw how great of a coach he was. Yeah, no. Um, my big takeaway is I thought I thought this showed more about the Rams than I think it showed about us. Um, I think it shows that the Rams are genuine contenders for the NFC. Yeah. Um, this was a huge win for them. Um, considering this, this Patriots seems better than six and seven. But it's just we lose lose games that we should win. The Denver game is going to be the reason why the Patriots probably don't make the playoffs. And it's just this Rams team set up and found a way to beat us. And they had the per like you said, they their their matchup against us is far favorable than our matchup against them. And I mean, I mean this with all sincerity. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player my I've ever watched with my two eyes. I know people are going to say like Lawrence Taylor, but as far as like me physically being able to watch him, Aaron Donald is a beast. If you watch him, like how the offensive line has to each week, week in and week out has to react to him, whatever he does causes a reaction that either that either gives him him a sack or gets someone else on that defensive line a sack. He is a beast, and he is just one of the most dominant forces in football I think ever. And I thought this just shows that Cam Newton is Cam Newton will not be the reason why the Patriots win games. Um, I think he's a very competent quarterback. That that was clear to show last night. He made a couple mistakes, but at the end of the day, I I don't think we any of us would be like give him the ball one minute minute twenty left two timeouts for on our own fifteen to go down and get a touchdown. I mean, it's just not the way he is. Um, I think he's very competent. I think he is the right guy for the job, but he he can't. He I don't think he has the ability to win us these games like this against the Rams, against Buffalo. I think I think it's clear to show that he he's just not. I don't know if it's uncomfortable with the system. I don't know what it is, but I just don't think he's there right now. Um. Yeah. I mean, Cam. Cam was probably just dive into that whole ordeal now um you obviously it's pretty apparent that cam newton is just not there as a passer anymore um his pocket presence is pretty horrible um he really just has no clue um what he's doing in the pocket i mean when when you watch him snap from the time he snaps the ball to the time he takes off and runs I mean, he really is all over the place. His eyes are all over the place. You could see his head moving all over the place. He has no feel whatsoever of, of any sort of pass rush. And that's pretty big. I mean, you're talking about a guy uh, in Tom Brady who probably is the best in the league at, at, at noticing the blitz, um, taking uh, stepping up in the pocket when need be. Uh, dropping back in the pocket, getting out of the pocket, throwing the ball away to maybe the worst guy in the league. So, I mean, something we kind of took for granted for years, we never really noticed just because of how smooth Brady always was. I mean, that's a, that's a reason why Brady's stayed so healthy in his career. I mean, one ACL tear in, I mean, 20 years, I mean, that's pretty unheard of. Uh, I mean, look at Peyton, look at Drew Brees. They've, Drew Brees right now, injury. Peyton Manning was banged up in his career. 
I mean, Tom Brady has stayed very, very healthy besides a couple dings and that torn ACL. And, and now you're with Cam Newton. Um, I mean, the one the one question I have is that is that why not just ride Stidham for the rest of the year? I mean, he you have Stidham under contract. Uh, you do not have Cam under contract. I mean, I there's no logical reason as to why the Patriots would bring back Cam Newton next year. But, I mean, you have Jarrett Stidham, who's young, who has shown flashes of, of promise. Uh, he definitely is not, like, a great, great quarterback. But, I mean, just ride it out. I mean, just go to Stidham, play him the last three games, see what he has to offer. And if he doesn't live up to your expectations – you have a great deal of money. Uh, you're going to have a higher draft pick than usual. You can. There are going to be options at QB. I mean, there there's probably going to be Carson Wentz going to be on the trading block. Guys like that. I mean, why not take a stab if Stidham doesn't work? If he does, I mean, maybe Stidham's your guy. But why continue to ride with Cam Newton if you know he's not a good quarterback? Um, I think we're going to keep riding with Cam until at least we are mathematically eliminated. I think that's just the Belichick way. Um, I think he wants to go with the guy he thinks is best suited for us to win football games, and that is Cam Newton. But I definitely agree. I mean, why not give Stidham a shot? I mean, Stidham's looked pretty all right the snaps he's played this year. He looked looked sharp against the Chargers uh, last week. He looked competent yesterday. I mean, we could just see what we have in him, but I think I think I wouldn't say for the off season. I wouldn't say go after once. I've heard the. Oh no, I'm just throwing up names. I just throw up the throwing up. I names. was just saying, I wouldn't be a Pats fan if we got Carson once. But I mean, the, obviously the big the big rumor is Sam Darnold. Um, he's floating around. I would love Sam Darnold in New England. Uh, I think he's a great. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's better than what we got in house right now. I just think, you know, he's just been stuck in New York his whole career, and that's why he looks terrible. And the Jets are 100% going to have that number one overall pick. If they don't get that, then they'll get the number two overall pick, which is either Lawrence or Fields. So Darnold is available. And then also, I've also heard the Matt Stafford uh, trade rumors is the Lions look to rebuild. And Give me him, bro. What? In all reality, like, what do you think we could trade to the Lions, a team that we have like good, a good standing relationship with? Like, it's not like rivals. We historically have like a pipeline with each other where we go, Pats go to the Lions, Lions go to the Pats. I genuinely think that we could probably just trade like a second and maybe a player, and that's enough to get Matthew Stafford. Um, I would say, I mean, quarterback is such a expensive position in this league. Uh, I would have, I would probably say a first. I mean, maybe you get away, like you just said, with a second and a and a very and a good player, not just any any bomb. But I mean, if you're trading away a key defensive guy and a second, I think maybe you could get Matt Stafford. But I mean, new coach coming in for the Lions. I mean, Matt Stafford's only like thirty years old. Right. Yeah, he's only he's... 30, and he signed the – I'm going to look up his age, but I know he signed the largest contract in uh, NFL history a couple of years ago, uh, which, yeah, is, I mean... which is now like the average uh, 
going rate for quarterbacks because how much Mahomes has just skewed the market. He's thirty. I he's think... thirty-two. So, which is right. So, I'd say he's still technically in the prime of his his career. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Quarterbacks like him will will be good till he's thirty-seven. Yeah. I mean, I would love Matt Stafford. I mean, if I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely. I thought he was thirty. I mean, thirty-two years old. I think a second round pick in a in a player would get him. Um, but I mean, I do like Sam Darnold as well. I mean. It's just very, very – it's just a wrong – I don't know how to put it, but, like, you said he's been playing with the Jets, so you can't really, like – you can't really grade him and, like, I don't know. You can't really pick his his play apart because of the team he's on. I mean, it's just terrible. I I would say him looking competent with the New York Jets shows that he is a good quarterback. Yeah. Him the fact yeah. that he's able to we're able to like literally analyze his play and just be like, oh wow, he actually he's looking looking pretty good. That him doing that on the Jets with Adam Gates shows that he's 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 a good quarterback. And I mean also on the bright side, if he comes here, he won't be seeing ghosts anymore. Yeah, I mean, would you trade a first round pick for twenty three year old Sam? I Donald? don't think his going rate is that high. I honestly don't. I think no? I think a I think the same thing with Stafford. I think I think a second. It, it, the only issue would be is the Jets wouldn't want to trade him to us. Yeah. The Jets would want. We'd have to pay more than other teams to get him. So we, in all reality, because he is a Jet, we'd honestly probably have to pay more for Sam Darnold than we would for Matthew Stafford, who I I don't know if anyone's arguing, but Matthew Stafford is significantly better than Sam Darnold. Um, if I had to, if I had to choose between the two, honestly, I'd probably say Stafford. I just think that his, his play has always been so underrated. I mean, he is, he is, he makes Mahomes plays like so quietly. It's kind of like crazy. No one notices. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I can throw the ball 30, 40 times a game consistently uh i would love matt stafford in new england like you said he's far away in detroit a team that we've had a lot of uh trades and moves with and i i would really like sam uh excuse me matt stafford here i'm trying to think of who else though who else for quarterbacks could be um Minshew probably will be up um, no i'm good trying to think who else but I'm I'm looking at Stafford's like numbers. He like consistently year in and year out throws four thousand five hundred, almost on cue, and he threw for five k one season. So, I mean, this guy's. I mean, he's a different beast. I think. I think he's. I would I would love Matthew Stafford. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak into existence. The Pats are gonna trade for Matthew Stafford this offseason as the Lions look to rebuild. <laughs> I mean, if you're getting a new quarterback, obviously you need you need to get some weapons. Um, hey, Jacoby Myers is the truth. He he has looked phenomenal this entire season. Yeah, but he's not a. I think he just need a clear cut number one. I think Edelman's best days are done. Uh, Nikhil Harry, I mean, maybe. I mean, there. I saw. I don't know if you saw it, but Michael Irvin said on live TV that he wants to work out with 
uh, Nikhil Harry and just teach him some some stuff. I mean, they're the same build. I mean, I'm pretty sure the exact same build, Michael Irvin, Nikhil Harry. Um, so I, he said he wanted to get him over this offseason, work him out, and try and uh, get him better, teach him some stuff. Because, I mean, this kid is a, a, a monster. I mean, he's, he's DK Metcalf size, and he's just been horrible. I mean, he can't stay on the field. Just about everything has gone wrong with Keel Harry. So, I mean, until that day, I mean, you got to find a, a clear-cut number one. Um, a guy that I would love, I know it's kind of far far from happening this offseason. I would like Allen Robinson. I mean, that guy's – if you're going to go get a new quarterback, you got to get your quarterback a number one receiver. I would love Allen Robinson, a guy that's been stuck on the Bears, the horrible Bears team. Uh but he is just a baller. It's pretty apparent how good he is. If you can get him in a in a real system with a with a real quarterback, this guy could be a top ten receiver in this league. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he has looked incredible with Nick Foles not in Philadelphia and Gar- um, uh, what's his name, Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball. So I mean, he he a hundred percent. Yeah, he has the ability to be a top-tier wide receiver in this league, and it clearly shows. And I think he's going to – I think he, he can't stay there. He just can't. Like, for the sake of his yeah, career, no. I think he knows he can't stay there either. Wide receivers only have so little window of opportunity. I think I think he's going to leave when his contract's up, be it when that is. Um, it could be for, like, another four years, and he's just stuck there. But I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think what we should be focusing on is, I mean, the stat pop, the picture popped up last night of the Pat's history of draft and wide receivers. I mean, yeah. I think this draft, just pick one of them. Just pick one. There's so many good guys in this draft. Everything I've heard about the wide receiver core of this draft, it's everyone's saying it's better than last year's and last year's was historically good and just pick pick one of the guys in the first. Just go. F- just pick one of them. They're all they, they at bare minimum. You're gonna get a decent wide receiver. And I'm just I just it's what we need. I think I think that should be the main focus of the draft is drafting one of these uh, wide receivers. I know Bam the Bama and kid and the LSU kid are both maybe right in our range. I'm looking at a mock draft. So you know it has this getting. As this game, Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. So, oh, but I would Jamar love Chase that. is still on the board when we select Pitts. So that's all I'm saying because I know Jamar Chase is like all accounts was like the guy on that LSU team last year. That was Burrow's favorite target. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Waddle kid out of Alabama, he's going to be out of our picking range. But I mean, why not just? Just pick one of them. I know the Pitts kid from Florida is good. We also need tight ends. The other Alabama kid, uh, Smith. I'm just like looking right now. Like it's uh, the uh, the kid out of Minnesota. Like I mean, there's so many wide receivers that like, just pick one of them. For the love of God, pick one of them. <laughs> like just give me. Yeah, I mean, Devonta give Smith. Give me something. Devonta Smith. He just went off versus LSU. Probably saw his stat line on Twitter. He's six one one seventy five. I mean, that's re- literally that's like Justin Jefferson. I mean, 
I mean, that's exactly who I see when I see him play. He's just a guy that pretty quick kid who can just run and just go up and compete for any ball. I mean, that's what you're seeing from Justin Jefferson this year. Um, definitely would 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 kind of go a different way, a, a type of receiver than last time. I mean, you went out and targeted a big bodied, uh, go up and win those jump balls, Nikhil Harry type of receiver. I think now you kind of turn your attention to uh, what Justin Jefferson is. Quick, uh, smaller guy who not necessarily is a slot receiver, but can line up anywhere. I mean, that's kind of the the thing I think we need. I mean, um, Jacoby Myers is that guy for us right now. I mean, he lines up pretty much anywhere. Um, That's the type of guy. I mean, Jalen Waddell, another another one, uh, also from Alabama. Uh, he is injured right now. I think he's missing the rest of the year, but another very, very fast receiver. Um, he was more their slot receiver. So, I mean, if that's the type of way, type of receiver you want, go for it. But, yeah, I mean, there's too many wide receivers in this draft. I think one of them or many of them are going to be good. So I think if, if you have that opportunity to take one, at, they're probably going to be picking around like 15, anywhere in that 14 to 17 range if you find one. There, I mean, you gotta yeah, and, take it. I know there's some needs on defense, yeah. but and then if you receiver. look at like how we match up again, like oh, not match up. Sorry, if you look at the wider series that were drafted last year, like I think I think just some some of the time you gotta stop doing like Belichick needs to. Them, this is no way of me criticizing him, but he's gotta stop doing the really in depth, getting exact guys, exact builds. Because I mean, we saw it last year's drafts we didn't get the guy we wanted in the first round. So we traded the pick when there were several positions that we needed to fill vacancies. We needed to uh, address issues. And instead we just didn't get the guy we wanted. We trade down and then we draft uh, Duggar. So, I mean, listen, I'm not going to criticize Belichick's system. The system works. It's proven to work time in and time out. It's just at the certain time, all the wide receivers in last year's drafts, have played at the bare minimum decent this season. Uh, I know yeah. Ruggs, Ruggs caught that game winner a couple weeks ago. Jefferson's looked phenomenal in Minnesota. I think I think you just sometimes got to believe the hype that these players are coming in with and just take a shot on a kid. But Belichick's – um, the system works and, you know, you can't really you – know, can't really, Judge Bill Belichick, you know, the, with him as eight Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I mean, um, with all this talk, I mean, you, we, we are kind of both assuming that the season's over, right? Nope, still a shot. Not over, not over till you we're think mathematically so? eliminated. I mean, I do have a little bit of hope here with, with the schedule or the opponents of all these, um, teams in right now have i mean the brown the fifth seed browns play the ravens uh the the sixth seed dolphins yeah, play the chiefs the colts and raiders let me, play let each me other tell you how we how we get in i've already mapped it out and it makes it makes sense we have to win out nine and seven if we go eight and eight we will not make the playoffs mathematically eliminated need the ravens to lose two games they play the Steelers again. So I'm hoping on 
I think. Nope, nope, nope. They're already done with the Steelers. Never mind. But we need the Ravens to lose two games. We need the Raiders to lose two games. And we need the Dolphins to lose two games besides the game where we play them, assuming we went out. Those, yeah. If those all happen, we are in at the sevens. Because we have the tiebreaker over Baltimore, Las Vegas, and then Miami if we beat them again. And that will move us up to the seventh seed. So it doesn't... It, it's not not impossible, but it's we need need a win out and we need some help. Well, the Ravens play the Browns, and that is a losable game. And then after that, they play the one and nine ja- or one and eleven Jags, the five and seven Giants, and the two nine and one Bengals. So I mean, if somehow the Giants can pull off a miracle. Because I do think they're a solid team. Then there's the Ravens' two losses. The we who is the, the other Raiders team? The Raiders. Raiders schedule. The Raiders play the Colts. That's a losable this game. Week. They play. Yep. Then the Chargers. That's a losable game. The Dolphins. We uh, kind of need them to win that game. <laughs> yeah, and then the Broncos who just put up a fight against the Chiefs. Yeah, and then I do think there are two losses in this, and then these if you four if games. you look at the Dolphins, so they play us. So right th- so we need them to lose the three. Chiefs. They play the Chiefs, loss, us, loss, Raiders and Bills. There is easily three losses to be had in the remainder of the Dolphins schedule. Oh yeah. They might Maybe lose four. I mean, they. Yeah, I, I'm not. That's why I'm saying I'm, it's not not impossible. We need to need help, but we first need to take care of business at home and go nine and nine and seven can get us into the playoffs. I'm firmly believing in that. And if the Browns yeah. do what the Browns do and they lose out, then we'll sneak in above them. But I mean, it's definitely. I wouldn't say the season's over. There's still a possibility. That's not beyond, you know, like unreasonable doubt, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a miracle. You're throwing a Hail Mary here, but I don't know. I think that, I mean, listen, I mean, this is this is a this was a death trap of the year in so many cases. I mean, you're you're the ba- the greatest player in the history of the game leaves your team. Uh, then you find out you have one of the toughest schedules in the league. You play the hardest team, the NFC, the hardest division, in the NFC, along with all the top dogs in the AFC. You played the Ravens this year. You played the Chiefs this year. You play in a good division now. I mean, the Bills and Dolphins are both for real teams now. Um, I mean, along with some others, along with some other just genuinely tough games. So, I mean, then you have your opt-outs. With your COVID opt-outs, you have the most COVID opt-outs in the league. Uh, I mean, just so – I mean, you bring in a quarterback, a first-year man who hasn't played in over a year. I mean, six and seven for, for all those for all those things. I mean, that's something that I – mean, that's not bad. I mean, cons- I mean, something I le- just left out, I mentioned it before. I mean, you had your starting quarterback and other players get coronavirus midseason – 
probably in the worst time of the year, game where you're playing the best team in football, you still put up a fight. This is a year, I mean, I'm definitely not going to, when this year ends, I'm definitely not going to go at it and be like, wow, this this sucked. I mean, considering of all those things just mentioned, that's not a terrible year. If you go 8-8, eight and eight, even 7-9, and nine, that's not too bad for, for what all the scenarios, situations happen. I mean, so the I Browns know. haven't done that in a decade. Took them till this year to actually get yeah. a to clinch a winning record. It's, I think, I think this team, we got like you said, we got hit hard with COVID more than any other. With team. everything, we the first two games we looked sharp, looked good against Miami, looked good against Seattle. Then we go into Kansas City without our quarterback, our cornerback gets COVID too. It's this, and then basically from there, we're starting from scratch. I would say I'm not going to go. I'm going to go into this offseason. If we, if we end nine and seven or eight and eight, I'm going to say the season was success. We got hammered with literally everything we possibly could get hammered with and we prevailed. And I think, I think this team also showing glimpses of like greatness of like being a top contender. I got some to take away. I mean, how we looked against the Chargers. Like, not many teams have done that to the Chargers this year. We obviously were just shitting on them, saying that they, yeah. you know, they're poorly coached, poorly run. Not many defenses have held the Chargers to nothing. And it, like, we showed yeah. glimpses of a team that is a contender against the Chargers. We have shown it against Kansas City, against. Seattle against Miami in the first game of the season like there are games where it shows like okay we we can contend for four playoff games but if we don't make the playoffs we don't make the playoffs I still am holding out hope until we if we lose one more game we're done our backs are against the wall right now and we need a we need need a lot need need a win out and we need some help yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a matter of it's a matter of this was a bridge year, and and the fact that you're still still fighting for playoffs week fourteen that's pretty good. So I mean, you're gonna go into this off season, whether you make the playoffs or not, you go into this off season with more draft capital, with more money, way more money on the cap. Uh, you're gonna have to take care of some of your own. I mean, Stephon Gilmore is gonna. I mean, whether you want to pay him or not. Um, I think he's a free agent. If I I could be mistaken, I think, I think something got, about he's his got contract. One more under the belt, but I think he can technically opt out. But everything I've been reading says that he wants to stay. All right, so I mean, you're coming back next year with a great defense. No, no, no player on that defense um, is up in, in in terms of key guys. Like maybe the McCordys, but other than that, you still got JC. Got Gilmore, got John Jones, got Winovich, all the guys that you are helping you big time right now on D are going to be back. So, I mean, this is this is a team that could be a, a yeah, so real we, threat. We have this year. Stephon Gilmore to the end of the twenty twenty two season. All right. So yeah, I mean, JC and Gilmore. That's just about as good as they come in terms of corner duos in this league. So, I mean. Nothing really else. I mean, unless you have more. But I mean, we've pretty much hit it all. We hit the Chargers, hit the Rams, hit the playoff picture, 
had off-season talks. It's really it. So, I mean, if you want to just get the picks or else uh, you have no, some more to say. I mean, I'm, all I'm going to say is just uh, past fans out there, just keep keep hope. The season, the season is not over till yep. it's over. We have seen these things happen to other franchises. Um, I mean, just in recent history, if anyone remembers when the how the Bills made the playoffs like three years ago, it was the last game of the season, and the Bengals randomly upset uh, Baltimore. Like the Bengals were like had no mm. need to win the game; they were mathematically eliminated. And they just upset Baltimore. So I'm just saying these things happen. And all I'm saying is keep keep holding out hope that we can prevail. I think I think we can. I, I honestly think that what we went through, what we need to get in, I don't think that's very unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there is a way, just considering these team schedules. But... Like you said, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be – it's a miracle. So, uh, I just have to wait and see and hope for the best. So, keep hope is the quote um, taken away from this episode from uh, our boy Liam oh, yeah. Mufasa. <laughs> so, so for uh, picks, we'll wrap this up here. For picks, my first, I really, really like the Jacksonville Jaguars plus nine and a half against the Titans. Titans got routed last week. They're just such a streaky team. Um, if you catch the Titans on a good week this week, uh, I think this bet is probably no good, just considering of how good they can be and how bad they can be. Um, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, believe it or not, have found a quarterback, <laughs> Mike Glennon. He, he can throw the ball. I mean, he uh, don't let's let's not take this the wrong way here. He's not the quarterback. I'm saying he's the quarterback for the rest of the season. He can throw the ball. They have a good running back, a decent enough offense. Their record really doesn't uh, do them justice. They're a hard-fighting team. Uh, they have Doug Marona, head coach. They, I mean, we're in a nail-biter with the Green Bay Packers like three weeks ago. Um, I really think this Jacksonville Jaguars team can fight with any team this league. So nine and a half points is a lot. I like that. Uh, all those points. Take them. Take the Jags there. Uh, another game I really like um, – I like the Giants plus three against the Cardinals. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, that Cardinals team just kind of fizzled out over these last few weeks. They got upset by the Pats. And it really looked like I took a lot out of them um, last week versus the Rams. I mean, I like the Giants. Another scrappy team. Uh, beat Seattle last week. That's a huge win for them. Joe Judge, after taking so much criticism, uh, he looks like he's the man there in New York. I like the Giants to upset here, but I take the points just in case. Plus three Giants. And my last last spread of the day. Uh, oh, man. I want to say take Buffalo plus two and a half against the Steelers. But that that's going to be like my kind of bet. If you want to do it, go ahead. But my last last bet. I'm going to do the Dolphins plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. Um, all of these games have taken the underdog spreads, but uh, I don't even mean to do that. But I really like the Dolphins. I think they're going to lose this game, but I think they're going to make it close. Brian Flores, such a good head coach. Tua, game manager. The Dolphins are going to manage their way through this game so they do not get blown out by the Chiefs. Chiefs, uh, 
Offense kind of uh, slowed down last week versus Denver. Um, they picked it up late in the game, but they struggled early on. I really like the Dolphins spread. Seven and a half. Uh, I'm glad that, that was your picks. last pick because my first pick is to take the Chiefs minus seven and a half because the the Chiefs wow. are the Chiefs are gonna <laughs> run them out. Really. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be necessarily close. Uh, the Chiefs have been on cruise control. I think this entire season, they just are doing what they need to do to win games, and I think they start seeing that coming. So I think they're gonna go into Miami and kill them. Um, next pick, take the Browns over the Ravens. Uh, I think the Ravens are Ravens are hobbling. They, I don't think, I think they just got hit with the same thing the Pats got hit with with their COVID scare situation, and I do not think that they are going to win this crucial divisional game against the Browns. I think the Browns are going to game manage. I think they are going to get get it done. My next pick is. The Chargers over the Raiders. Uh, I would take the Chargers plus three and a half. Um, I do not. This is a classic coach's job is on the line game. And uh, if the Chargers players like Anthony Lynn, they're going to play hard for him and, you know, try to pull this one out against another in-division crucial game for the Raiders. So this is oh, that pick week? is next oh, week, shit, right? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't care. It's yeah. next Thursday night. It's I don't care. It's still a game. Still a spread I game. Just was... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. And also this weekend, take the Wolverhampton Wanderers over Aston Villa. Take them straight money line. Uh, and then, the... oh, yeah, I got a couple prem picks. Prem? Uh, then the London Derby. We got the Tottenham Hotspurs going up against Crystal Palace. Take Tottenham money line. Everton versus Chelsea. Everton has sucked since being on top of the league, and they have just kept going down and down and down. Chelsea is probably, if not the best team, the second best team in the Prem. Tottenham and Chelsea are going to have a dogfight for the next couple of matches to see who's going to emerge on top out of the two of them. So I'd take Chelsea in that one. And then tomorrow, the matchup we all wanted, the MLS Cup, the Columbus Crew take on the Seattle Sounders. The Columbus Crew knocked out uh, our beloved New England Revolution in the uh, in the Eastern Sadly. Conference Finals. Very sad, uh, one nothing loss there. But I'm gonna ride with Columbus. You know, uh, I want it to be known that the Revs were the second best team in the league and got knocked out by uh, the champs. So ride Columbus money line. They are plus one eighty, and those are my picks. Perfect. So um, we'll be talking shortly on more Patriots. They have three divisional games to wrap up the year. Definitely going to be talking about them in their playoff hunt, if not off-season preview, um, depending on how they do. Uh, I mean, the Celtics start in two weeks. Preseason is right around the corner. I'm pretty sure it starts within the next week or so. Uh, the Bruins have a start date, I believe. It's going to be January 13th. 56 games new i'm pretty sure division realignments uh, i mean that's going to be awesome to watch um bruins might be playing outside at fenway park if not in front of seven and a half thousand fans in td I garden want the fenway park so we'll be talking to that so uh, Red Sox. <laughs> yeah dude me too so bad that'd be so awesome um but the red Sox will be making moves as well i mean we hope 
soon. So there will definitely be more sports to talk rather than just one in football right now. So uh, we'll be seeing you soon. We uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, we'll, peace. Uh, see you later. Peace out. Yeah, she lives, she lives, she lives.